Welcome to The Daily Sales Show, hosted by Sell Better. Yeah, yeah, what's poppin', y'all? We are back in the saddle. It is Wednesday, November 1st, and I am your host, James Say What Sales Buckley. Welcome to The Sell Better Daily Show. Woosah, take a deep breath because you probably just came off of a cold call session. Maybe you came out of a meeting with a prospect or a one-on-one. I hope it went well. Change your chat settings. I pointed the wrong way. Over on the right side, down to everyone, where are you tuning in from in the chat? That's what I want to know right now. I'm going to kick this question off as we move through this. Feel free to jump in and let us know what are you, dude? Are you an SDR? Are you an AE? Are you that human that does both? If you are, my hat's off to you. It's definitely a tough place to be at the moment. Shout out Quebec, Austin, Florida, Nashville. I see you, London. What's popping? New York is in the house. Edmonton, Canada. Newcastle in the UK. What's going on? Miami, my hometown. Tresero Cinco for life, baby. SDR from Florida. What's popping? I see you. Is it getting cooler in Florida yet? I feel like it takes a little more lo- longer to get there. We've dropped in temperature here. It's definitely an early freeze for me. I know people all over the world. Shout out Argentina. Jose Chavez, what's going on? ATL in the house, always repping. London brings it. Buenos Aires, what's going on? Hey, international, represent. I see it. All right, here we go. Let's talk about Let's talk about what we're doing. We're going to kick things off. A lot of people coming into the room. Uh, shout out to the cold callers that are coming in. Uh, I love this this topic because this topic for me is close to my heart. This is where I default. I default to the phone. So we're going to get these two experts talking about cold call strategies to book more meetings. Kevin Hop is incredible. Runs a show called Hop on Calls. I've been a guest on that show. Check out Hop on Calls and watch live cold calls go down. And speaking of live cold calls, I have a very special guest. Let's all welcome with big open sell better arms, Sarah Plowman. Her TikTok is banging. If you have not gone and checked out Sarah's TikTok, we're going to drop the link in here for you, her username, so that you guys can go check it out. She calls live on TikTok and makes these cuts of these reactions. They are absolutely hysterical and real. I think you're going to see yourself in Sarah a lot as we move forward here. Uh, All right. If you haven't been to it yet, check out our website, sellbetter.xyz, and hop over to Explore YouTube. That's where you can find a lot of highlights and a lot of great value for the stuff that we put out every single day. I want to give a big thank you. Uh, well, you know what? Before we kick things off and before I talk about the sponsors, Sarah, let's give them a little taste. You said that you you have some things, some tactics that have been working for you. So real quick in like one minute, just break down some some highlights of some stuff that's been working well for you. Yeah, of course. First of all, thank you everyone for joining, like literally all over the world. It's so awesome to see the sales community come together. Um, I would say the things that work for me and definitely things that I speak about on my TikTok or a lot are just like not being afraid to be yourself. I think like, first of all, if you're thinking about posting, like just do it, see what happens. That's what happened for me. And here we are all together as a community, cold calling, grinding together. Um, not being afraid of rejection. I always say to myself, the worst thing that can happen is someone hangs up on me and you move on to the next person. You always learn something. Um, creative cold call openers. This is my favorite. If you guys have been following me for a while, you always know I hit the, you know, you're going to hate me. This is a cold call. It's a very controversial topic, but if you haven't tried it, try it. Cause if you know, you know, it always works. Everyone gets a laugh. It is so, so, so good. Um, and then just like always being confident in yourself. Like, you know, it's not always a matter of, you know, what you say, but how you say it. So, mm. you know, if you have that confidence in yourself and you know, you're bringing value to that call and you really are acting as that person that could really, you know, give that other person more knowledge. 
they're going to listen to you. They're going to trust you. So, you know, work smarter, not harder. You know, that's what's been working for me. But it's been really awesome getting to like share the journey with you guys. And also, I see everyone giving me feedback to comment. So it's been really great to like engage and, you know, just come together and give tips and tricks to each other as well. So that's what's that's what's been working. Amazing. That's a great kickoff right here. I see a lot of folks jumping in in the comments, shouting out Sarah. Some of your followers are in the room. I'm 100% sure. Nice. Uh, let, let's let's give a big tip of my hat here to our sponsors here. You know, we got to pay the bills. We only represent the best stuff in the world to you guys. Nooks is in the house. Big shout out to win.ai and Zoom Info. Uh, we are like solutions pushers out here. The first one is free. That said, Zoom Info is giving you direct access to sample data that just might land you the deal of your life in Q4. And that's going to make or break some of y'all in the room. Company profiles, org charts, firmographics, and much more is available to you only right here on the Sell Better Daily Sales Show in the chat. Only people that show up to the show actually get access to this stuff. We are dropping it in the link in the chat right now. Go get it. And let me tell you a little bit about what you're going to get today. We're going to talk about rejection because everybody, shout out to everybody in the room that's making cold calls every day. Uh, put the percentage of rejection that you get on a daily basis in the chat right now while we talk about this. Q4 and KPIs. Do they go up? Do they go down? Do they stay the same? Are they more targeted? We're going to talk about it. And then, of course, the best cold call day of the week. I think we got some different opinions in here. We're going to get there, so stay with us. Uh, get comfortable being uncomfortable. That is what I want to talk about, and it's the level of rejection. Look at some of the 90% rejection, 75% rejection. We got a lot of rejection, a lot of people jumping in. It's 89%. I love the specificity right there. Sarah, talk to me about some tactics that you deal with when it comes to the rejection. How do you get over the hump? Yeah, I think it's it's a really good question. And to be honest, everyone is different on how they get over the hump, right? So for me, it's just like nailing down and predicting the ones that I'm going to get. So for example, right now, I'm facing a lot of rejection in the sense that everyone's like, you know, I don't have budget right now. And, you know, it's the end of the year. It's Q4. Things are getting crazy. The holidays coming up. We're trying to budget for 2024. So we're not going to spend right now. So I pretty much know that every single person I'm going to cold call is probably going to give me that objection. So I think it's all about just like nailing that that objection handle to begin with. So something that I've been saying that if you are also getting this objection, you definitely use it. Go against like all types of industries. But you know, appreciate you don't have the budget right now, but would still love to get that time in the calendar so that when timing is right, you know exactly where to come. Um, it makes them think they'll stop and pause for a second. You obviously just put more value back into the conversation, kind of giving them the opportunity to gain something so that when the timing is right, you're still listening to them. You're telling them that you understand, you know, now's not the right time, but when it is, this is what I can bring to the table. Yeah. So I think it's just like, you know, nailing that down. For example, I know a lot of people in my comments have been saying they've been getting the budget objection as well, just because it's that time of year. It's the most common one that everyone gets in Q4. So, you know, just be really confident and and say it like that. Confidence is important. Hop, you are the master of tones and the way that you speak to people draws them in. Um, and you said there's something that every seller has to keep in mind as they make cold calls, especially this time of year. People are not inherently interested. What does that mean for us? Great, great question. And, uh, you know, first off, thanks for having me on the show once again here. Um, cold calling something very near and dear to my heart. And it's what I make every dollar in my bank account by doing, teaching, coaching, and uh, being all about 
out. So when we talk about uh, not interested, one of the things I always tell reps before we make a call, we have a list and then, you know, we're about to go outbound and it's like, oh boy, I practice. I know what to say, but I haven't done it in front of somebody. You take a moment and you say, hey, look at every name on that list. They're not interested. They, they were interested. Hey, we're gonna, they're going to call you. They'll reach out to you. Hey, James, I'm interested in your stuff. Let me buy. Let me buy, man. They're not calling you and we're going to call them. And the goal is not to find out if they're interested because we already know they're not. So when they say, ah, yeah, thanks for the call. I'm not interested. You go, oh, oh, totally understand. I get that. I mean, if you were interested, you'd call me. Point of my call, talk about your business, business problems, and introduce valuable solutions if we can. That's the goal. So if you just get that out of the way, the idea of like, I'm just, I got to find these people who are interested and start focusing on, I'm going to go have curious conversations about other people's businesses. Suddenly that fear of rejection kind of goes away and you can get really curious and have a lot more conversational energy. No, mm. that's something that I'm really big on. Conversational energy, two magic words. For those folks that are in the room, you SDRs, I love y'all, man. Welcome back to the show. Y'all show up in force all the time. This is an important piece, conversational energy. If you don't know what it means, dial it in, figure it out, right? Because the way that we speak to people is always something that we have to keep in mind as we're cold calling. Knowing they're not interested means you can take that pressure off of yourself. It's okay to take that pressure off yourself. Uh, let me get a one in the chat. If right before you pick up the phone for a cold call power hour, you feel that discomfort, that warm feeling like, oh, I hate this part of my job. Right? Some people quite naturally avoid this because it makes them uncomfortable. That's okay. But sometimes you got to get in the door and this is the best way. So let's break this down for everybody. When you finally do get the chance to say something, Sarah, what do we say? How do we get them? Yeah. Good question. So I think it kind of goes back to a little bit of what we were just talking about as well. Right? So it's like understanding and listening to them. So another big opener that I love to go into is like, you know, hey, Kevin, what did I catch you in the middle of? I know I caught you out of the blue. And then whatever they say based on that as well is bringing in that conversational energy because you could totally feed off of what they say. So, oh, they're running into a really, you know, important meeting or I'm bringing my kids to school. Like, you know, where are you based? Things like that, that just like kind of a little bit intrusive. But I always say like, be a little pushy, test the waters. Like that's the best way that you're going to get so much information out of people. And by so much, I, I mean like maybe one or two bits that you can use for your next call as well. Mm -hmm. So it is about listening and it definitely depends on different personality styles as well, right? So kind of like what we have up here on the board. So if you call someone, you know they're really pragmatic and they hang up on you. The next time you give them a call, maybe you should also be a little bit pragmatic and almost like match their energy because you know that that bubbly personality isn't going to ne necessarily resonate with someone who's really pragmatic. So you do really need to listen to your audience in order to understand how you're going to get them to engage with you. And it might not be on the first call. I mean, how many times do we call the same lead like in a week or two week cadence, right? Probably six, seven, eight, nine, maybe a little bit more for me because uh, I could tend to be really annoying on cold calls. But Hey, it's all about listening and just understanding who you're calling and matching that. Kevin, you had a great way that, and so I agree with you. The matching of the energy is good. Uh, my only downside is that sometimes my energy is so much higher than the person that is on the other line. And I think it can be off-putting for people that are just having like a mellow day. And here's this guy, I'm like super energetic. I'm like, hey, what's up? You know, like it's, it's a high level. So uh, that, I can understand 
right? We uh, Not everybody gravitates towards that super high energy. We got to figure it out. And that takes conversation and it takes a kind of an attunement to what's happening on the other end of the phone. Pop, you said you have a, a special way of not getting hung up on. And I got to tell you guys, I've heard this man do this and it works. It works often. And I think people appreciate the way that he tunes into what's happening. So talk to me about what you do here. Yeah. You know, this, this kind of goes back to the idea of, you know, what what is an SDR's job? Is our job just to like show up and like spiel my pitch and hope the person on the other end goes, oh, uh, I've actually been looking for that. Yeah. Cost. Yeah. Send me the contract. Yeah. I'm excited. I'm interested. I look for that every day before bed. Love your demo. I'd love to take a demo. Yeah. Now what we're trying to do here. What you want to do when you cold call is have this back and forth exchange of information. But the biggest problem, biggest difference, let's talk about the difference between like cold calling and cold email. Yeah. Cold email is done on the prospect's time. Well, well, Kevin, I, I took time to write the emails and I sent the emails. Yeah, but when are your prospects going to reply? Whenever they get around to it, they have the time. By the way, most people reply while they're sitting on the can looking at their phone, right? So <laughs> it's going to happen whatever they want it to happen. Now, cold calling is very different. I'm calling you out of the blue and someone's always going, hello, do I know you? Who is this? Did you get this number, right? Because it happens on our time, we have to be defensive and understand that our prospects are doing other things. Sarah touched on this earlier, right? They're driving. They're walking into a meeting. My favorite is when you can hear the Zoom call. You can like hear it. They're like, hello? Yeah, what, what's this about? <laughs> I am very defensive, James of what I call the false negative. The false negative is when someone tells you in the first 10 to 30 seconds, uh, yeah, I'm not interested. Take me off your list. Thanks. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, thanks for the call. Thanks for the call. I'm good. I, we're, we're good. We're good. And they hang up. And they do that in the first 10 to 30 seconds, not because they're objecting to what you're calling about and not because they don't have the business challenges that you solve. They're objecting to the fact that you interrupted the day, right? Yeah. They'll be very defensive of the fact that Hey, did I catch you to get on? I, I hear a dog barking. Oh my gosh. Is that is that a two-year-old in the background? My two-year-old makes so much noise too. Why don't I call you at a better time? Let them tell you, no, no, I've got 30 seconds. I'm genuinely curious to hear what you're calling about. That's the moment we want. We want someone leaning forward going, what is this about? Because then they're going to listen and they're going to make an intelligent response most of the time. So be really defensive of your time in the beginning of a call. I heard, man, this is such a good tip. I even heard that calling attention to the fact that they're busy makes it so that they want, there's like a reverse psychology at play here where you're like, oh, you know what? No, you can't talk right now. And they're like, wait a minute, wait a minute. What is this? What is this? Right. And that it's like a natural pull that we have. Our curiosity gets peaked. Uh, and I think listening to what's happening in the background is such a huge play because it is sort of a pattern interrupt from what normally happens, which is, and <laughs> Yo, if y'all are out here doing this, I don't expect y'all to be like, I do that in the chat. But if you're out there making cold calls, talking for like four or five minutes on end without taking a breath, chances are good when you finish talking, you're like, hello, hello. Me. Hello. Son. Yeah. I just like, I need a second. I just went through my whole pitch. You weren't listening. You hung up 10 minutes ago. Yeah. One of Sarah's TikToks, one of, one of your TikToks is like, you're like, yeah, well, I'm a da -da 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 -da. It was Val. It was Val. Hello? I'm like, hello. He also was like an alumni from my college. I was like really offended. Yeah. Wow. I was like, are you kidding me? <laughs> Come on, man. We're supposed to be the same. No, but I think going back to like what Kevin said too, like inviting that, like obviously it's 
great if you hear noise in background because it's an easy talking point. But even like what I said earlier, like usually when I say, what did I catch you in the middle of? They'll actually tell me and then yeah. they'll say, but I have 30 seconds. What do you have? And they invite you to the 30 seconds. You don't even have to ask. So it's awesome when you're kind of like inviting the fact that they are busy or you do hear something in the background. Like it's such a great point that Kevin makes because it really does work. It does. It does. Uh, let me know in the chat, yes or no, do you call attention to things you hear in the background on your cold calls? Yes or no? So uh, here's another tip for the audience. And this is going to be very against what every sales rep does instinctively, right? Instinctively, when someone says, I'm busy, what does 99 out of 100 reps say? You say, what's a better time for me to call you? Yeah. Right? You say that. And what's the real answer? Let, let, let's, be, let's be real. What's the real answer? Never. Don't call me. I didn't ask for you to call me. Don't cold call me. I'm busy. Don't call me. Just don't call me. I'm going to tell you to call me back on Friday and then block your number. Uh, yeah. Every every time I hear reps say that, I cringe because I'm like, don't ask them what time is better to call. Just tell them. Let them know. I'll give you a call back another time this week. Yeah. And they'll make the decision, okay, I don't want another cold call. I, I don't. I want to deal with this now. Or you'll find that probably 60, 70% of the time they'll say, all right, cool. Adios. I'm busy. Yeah. And then when you call them back later, they don't even remember who you are. It was just a blip on the screen. You have another shot at earning a conversation. Let's let's get into let's get into Q4 here because right now it's Q4. Uh put a two in the chat, put a four in the chat if you're struggling in Q4. If you're like, this is the hustle for me. This is the time where I gotta really double down and make the magic happen. It's Q4, it's do or die time. If that's you, let me get a four in the chat. I see a lot of fours popping off right now. Uh, all right. Let's let's talk numbers because all these people are coming in and hitting these phones hard. Q4 is in full spring. I want to talk KPIs and call numbers around Q4. Do they change in Q4? Uh, Sarah, give me give me the goods. What do you what do you think? Yeah, I mean Q4 for us here, at Pareto is like our biggest quarter. Always is. It's always really exciting, but it's an absolute grind. However, I do find it's the quarter that does usually have the most pickups for cold calls because I think everyone is just quite literally running around with the chicken without a head, that they're just answering. Like they're trying to do everything at once. Sales leaders, VPs, CEOs, they're trying to wrap everything up for the new year. They're trying to close their biggest deals. You know, with that being said, everyone's probably calling them to get information. So they are quite literally just answering every call possible because it's just an absolute grind for everyone. So cold call as much as you can. Um, I would say like for me personally and for my team as well, we probably make anywhere between like 200 250 maybe even sometimes more calls a week so if you're doing the fives and the tens and the twenties right now it's probably not enough um definitely go above and beyond and you know block out those times i put a tiktok up on a few days ago just saying like block out certain times that you're going to just cold call you're not going to be distracted by other emails you know doing admin you know doing this and that scrolling through linkedin like just strictly stick to those blocks because it will hold yourself accountable and it will absolutely pay off because honestly, every single company I speak to, Q4 is their biggest quarter. Um, and they need your help too. Whatever you guys are selling that you can add value to them, it's only going to set them up for success if they truly do need it in the new year. So it's an amazing time to call, get behind it. But yeah, definitely up your calls this quarter because it will, it will definitely pay off. This is a good time to start talking about whether or not these conversations have legs to close before Q1, before Q4 really starts to decline, which happens in late November for obvious reasons. I see a lot of folks taking a part of this in this 
question we got going on. How many calls do you make every week? Uh, if you don't know, that's okay, but you should be tracking your calls. Pop, tell me about your Q4 tactics, things that work for you in Q4. Does something change? Do the calls numbers go up? What's that look like for you? Great question. So I am a big process structure and strategy guy. I'm a consultant that teaches this inside of organizations. Yep. So I don't think there's ever a time you should call more than others. You should call all the time. If you're not making two, 300 calls a day, you're not doing it right. Like 300 calls a day is pretty much the minimum for every one of my consulting. That's right? what most people are doing. If you look at these results here, one, between one and 300. Yes. Yeah. So I, I, I advocate for a day instead of a week. But- oh, for you're saying per day. Uh, let, let's find out then. Uh, yeah. Let me know in the chat. How many calls do you actually make in a day? Let me know in the chat since we didn't ask that question. Mo- yeah, most people are, are going to struggle if they're, because I, 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 I'm going to assume most people aren't using a dialing solution. I teach dialer process. So if you're using a dialer, got it. Like 300 is like, that's like an hour and a half of your time, two hours of your time, three hours of your time max. So what are you doing the rest of the day? Not talking to prospects? You should be talking to prospects. You should be talking to people. And it's not always cool calls follow-up calls. Those follow-ups are so gold. So here's a little Q4 nugget, all right? And people pay me a lot of money to teach them this, but I'm going to give it to you guys for free, right? Because I, I really want everyone here to like think about this and go, oh, that's kind of genius, right? And I only know it's genius because it's worked time and time and time again. This is going to be the fifth year in a row I'm teaching it in my consulting. So Q4, everyone's going to say what? Oh yeah, we're just, we're slammed till the end of the year. You know, budget's broken all together. You say, ah, oh, I totally get it. Look, my company things are bonkers too. Let's pencil something in. Pencil something in is a key phrase there. Because we're not saying, I'm going to put you down for a demo with, and I need your boss's email address too. And da, 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 da. you say, no, let's pencil something in for the second to third week of January. Let us get a little over the eggnog hangover, but we'll pencil it in in mid January and I'll follow up with you in the new year. And we'll, we'll start fresh then. How, how does that work for you? Mm. What they'll do is they'll say, yeah, yeah, sure. It's pencil it in. Yeah, of course. And you say, all right, cool. I'm going to send you this placeholder invite. Make sure to accept it so it's there. Now, what we do when we start January is we don't say, cool, I've got 13 meetings lined up. You say, cool, I have 13 warm follow-ups. And you know, some of these are going to kick a week or two out, but you're not starting fresh. It turns into a really warm follow-up and this person's going to feel even a loose sense of commitment to you because they made this little micro commitment. So my big, my big takeaway here, this golden nugget is don't push them to say, we got to do this in November or December because 90% of people are going to back off and say, well, no, I don't want to talk to you at all. Right. Make it a light thing, make it something tentative and make it in January in the new year, fresh perspective and paint it as a great way to start the year, as opposed to, we got to cram this in on my timeline because I need to get quota. I know that's kind of tough. I know that's epic. That is the mentality that we often have is that it's crunch time and I got to hit quota and your prospects do not care about that. That is your problem, not theirs. That's your emergency, not theirs. I see a lot of questions in the chat. Don't send these in the chat. Put them in the Q&A. We're going to get as many questions as we can answered. But first, uh, and we're going to move to that in a minute because I see a lot of good ones in there that I want to talk about before we move on. Uh, but here we go. Sarah, you gave me a couple of daily metrics that I think are really interesting. You said you do two power hours in a day. What's the math? Break down your math on that. Shout out to Zoom for the unnecessary balloons. <laughs> Loved it. I was like, yeah, you guys can go ahead and celebrate my power hours. That's- yeah. Uh, no, yeah. So I would say uh, I try to stick to this, but 
um, basically two power hours a day. And I literally put it parentheses like pH and then 30. I know I have to make 30 calls. I know it'll be 60 in a day. Not enough for Kevin, but works for us. But um, so I will literally stick to those 30 calls a day um, in those time blocks. And usually right now, my ratio is that for every 30 calls I make, I'll probably speak to about two to three people. Mm -hmm. And if I actually pitch those two to three people, I'll book one meeting. So that doesn't necessarily mean that if I speak to three people, I'm going to book. I have to fully pitch, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So any questions about that in the comments, because it can be a little bit confusing. So like someone picking up the phone, us building rapport on them walking their dogs, and I'll give them a call back and this and that. That doesn't um, just simply because I need to get through my entire pitch three times to book. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's really important just because um, obviously if they're staying on the phone, they're listening to you, you're bringing value to the conversation. You also ask them some questions at the end, they're still on it. Then you're more likely obviously to book that meeting whether then you don't even get to pitch. So that's kind of where I'm, where I'm at right now. Yo, that is some realistic sales math right there. And speaking of sales, sales math, math, right now, girl math is is trending on TikTok. This is sales. Sales math is real. Speaking of sales math, Jason Bay is with me live tomorrow at noon. And we are going to get in some real sales math. So join us tomorrow. There's the link in the chat. Tomorrow we're live with Jay Bay, Jason Bay of Outbound Squad talking sales math. You guys want to do some lightning round Q&A really quick because we got good questions in here. So here's yeah. what's going to happen. I'm going to say your name, and then you're going to answer quickly the question, and then we'll go to the next person. So one one person answer, and then next question. Are you ready? This is from Melissa. Hop, what are some ways that you've used to get over the, we already have a solution in place, and then get time with them? How have you gotten over that hump? Absolutely. Uh, don't be surprised. Don't be surprised when people are already solving the, the problem that you solve. Instead of going, oh, okay, I'll just go away. You say, Fantastic. All of our best customers were using a different solution before they understood what we do different, better, not the same as what they do. Right. Don't be surprised. That's my answer. That's a good answer right there. All right. This one's from Rolando. Sarah, I've never used a dialer. Are there any that you'd recommend? Have you used a dialer in the past? Used a dialer on the past, and I literally couldn't even tell you what the dialer was. I was like an intern at a collection agency on Long Island, but I use Ring Central now, mm. uh, and it's not a dialer, but I basically do it all manually by clicking. I don't actually type in the phone number. However, um, we just switched that. It worked. Um, I'm not going to be like, oh, it's absolutely amazing, but yeah. it does the job. Pop, I can't let you get away. Go. Steal this one. Can I steal this one? This show today is co-sponsored by Nooks, right? Nooks is a great parallel dialing solution. One of the big comp sales reps is people don't answer the phone. So you can call multiple people at once. If you use Nooks, there's also a dialer called Orem that's in the parallel dialing space. Uh, Sarah's doing something called click to call. That's a telephony solution like AirCall or RingCentral or Vonage. Those can do that. And by the way, Outreach, SalesLoft, all these great tools have click to call built into them as well. When it comes to power dialing, check out PhoneBurner. PhoneBurner is a really good one. Power dialing. Yeah, and I want to. I want to throw out Apollo has a dialer baked into their solution as well, and then also Connect and Sell, which is a really great product for dials, and that's what Hop uses on Hop on Calls. Fantastic products out there, y'all. You need to go check them out. Find the ones that work best for you. We got to move on. We got so many good questions here. Uh, can you expand a little more on pattern interrupts, Chris? That's something that you do that's different. 
that stands out amongst the same. If everybody in the world is opening up with, hi, my name is, and we're the leading provider of, and we do, you got to do something different. That is the nature of a pattern interrupt. Uh, we could talk more about pattern interrupts on multiple levels when it comes to sales practices, not just phone calls, but also emails and DMs, et cetera. So let me know, Chris, we can connect on that. Uh, this one's for uh, Sarah. When you pencil in for something like mid-January, are you sending an early evite? I like your use of the word evite there, Nancy. 100%. I shoot out evites like it's my job. I was actually going to touch on this earlier, but kind of like what Kevin was saying, I probably do it so much to the point where people are like, what is this? But it gets your name into their calendar, whether they delete it or not. You call them back. They're like, Sarah Plowman, like, why do I know that name? It's because I literally had an invite sent to them in their calendar, in their diary, came through on their email. It's just about that touch point that we spoke a little about, James, just like little things that get your name in front of them, no matter what it is, whether they accept it or they don't. But even if I get pushed over on a cold call, I'll say, you know, is, you know, I'll give you a call later when it's a better time. I'll actually put five minutes in your diary at 2.30 um, and I'll send that invite over now. And they're usually just rushing off the phone. They're like, okay, okay, bye, bye. But I shoot it over, you know, they remember my name and most likely, you know, honestly, get some really good hits from it. So use it as a touch point, like overuse it, I think. Why not? It's, it's going back to the point of me being a little bit pushy, but hey, you're a salespeople. You're a salespeople at the end of the day. So eat it, Sarah. I loved it. What? I expect it. York in, in California, like, they don't teach that, but that is yeah, just do it. I'm from New York, right? Like, it's a like, it's just like the New York mentality. It's like, I, I can't say it on here because it's inappropriate, but like, screw it, just do it. We have to say, gonna say, we appreciate you raining in that f bomb that we all saw coming right there. Uh, okay, we got we gotta we gotta move forward. We got a lot of good questions still. We're gonna come back to you at the end, so don't stress. We're gonna get your question answered. We have lots of time. Uh, for, with you guys. So thank you so much for all the great questions that we see coming. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the best day to call. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask the audience here. Uh, let, let's, let's launch this really quick because before we answer, I want to launch this question and ask y'all, what is the best time for you to get more conversations? I feel like everyone on here. Can I relaunch? I got to relaunch because only a couple of people had the chance. Relaunch poll. There we go. Relaunch. There we go. Okay. What's the best day in your experience that you have for cold calling and earning conversations? Hop, I'm going to pass to you first because I think your answer is the best answer out there. And I have no time arguing it, but I also support Sarah's answer. So you go ahead and you answer first. My answer as someone who is all about this life is any day ending in Y is it <laughs> called out. The caveat, caveat, the caveat, I, I will never teach somebody to call somebody their business hours, right? All right. That, I'm a business hours guy. There are some people that teach, you know, call them on their way home. Oh, on Saturday morning. Saturday morning. Like, oh man. Like, I, there's, a, there's a bit of the golden rule that needs to apply here. Do unto others as you want done unto you, right? So I'm not, you cold call me all with my daughter and my, my wife. I say, you know, kick rocks every time. So I don't do that, but I like to call early. I like to call often. I don't advocate for one day because I don't want reps saying, well, it's not Friday. I'm not calling today. But not I, me. I agree with you. Uh, and now I'm going to pass it to Sarah because I think Sarah has a twofold view that I think is very, very interesting. First of all, yeah. you and I are simpatico. I feel the same way about Friday afternoons. Why is that your best day? Friday afternoon. Everyone on here that follows me knows now weekly I post my Friday afternoon cold calling. I actually get excited about it. It's 
probably sad, but I just know I'm going to get all my pickups on Friday afternoon because everyone is so excited to hit the road, go home and start the weekend and get a margarita in their hand, including myself. So everyone's just willing to have a brief conversation. Like everyone's just in a, in a great mood. Summer Fridays. Oh my God. I wish it could be summer all year round in New York because summer Fridays, you will have people leaving the office at one o'clock and they're literally like, talk to me. Tell me what you want. Tell me what you're selling. I'm going to buy it. Like it's crazy. These people are like so different on summer Fridays and you will sell so much or book meetings in the summer. But I think another big thing for me is something I just posted too is nine before nine. We do this every single day in our office and it is outside a little bit was uh, what Kevin was saying, but eight thirty between eight thirty and nine o'clock, we all make nine calls. So nine before nine. And I would say that for every nine calls, we at least get one to three pickups as a team each. Um, and then strictly before nine o'clock, it is amazing. People are, are just walking in the door. They do have 30 seconds. They might be grabbing a coffee. You know, there might be, you know, at Starbucks walking their dog outside before their nine o'clock meeting. But you know that meetings don't probably start till nine o'clock anyway. So chances are you will get 30 seconds. So I'm a big preacher for nine before. Yo, I love this. Nancy, I agree with you. Put the number nine in the chat if you're in for nine before nine on your team. I think this is a great method to share on a daily basis with the exception of Saturday and Sunday. I don't think that you should be dialing on the weekends, but nine before nine, I mean, just seems like such an easy accomplishment, especially with all that. That's unbelievable. And you're probably right. I think people are capturing the 30 minutes before with like, getting settled, getting my damn, yeah. that's a great time for me to step in, right? And be like, hey, this might be something worth some time today. I love that. Mention too, like, I'm sure you have a nine o'clock meeting. I just wanted to give you a quick call before, you know, it's a good little rapport builder. They'll appreciate it. A lot of people respect that you're not calling them within their nine to five. So it works. Yeah. Uh, you also said that you learned something about people in California as well. And since a lot of us are calling on the West Coast... Uh, I want you to share this nugget. And if you are in the West Coast and you hear this nugget, agree, disagree? What do you think? Is this accurate? Share it with everyone, Sarah. And then hop, I got to get your opinion on early calls. <laughs> Wait, oh God, I'm scared because I forgot what I said. I don't want to offend any California people. You said to me that you heard that Cali folks get up and go to their fancy gyms at 7 a.m. Yeah. So I you don't worry about calling them at no, 7 a.m. Yeah, so I'm on the East Coast. Obviously, I'm three hours ahead of the West Coast, and I will never hesitate to call someone between 9.30 and 10 a.m. on the West Coast when I'm in the East Coast. Pally folks, unite. Do you get up at 7 a.m. and go to your fancy gym? I heard Equinox surfing, which I kind of consider like a bougie sport because we don't really have as much of surfing on the, on, the West, on the East Coast, but I don't know. I just feel like everyone's out walking, drinking their green juices. They're like out in Calabasas walking. I don't really know what they do, but yeah, uh, call them. Call them early. I think this is amazing. I work out well before 7 a.m. Chris is there. Cali folks. Yes. People that live in Cali. Equinox on BDR salary is crazy. <laughs> hey, I my goal as a BDR when I moved to New York was when I get promoted to manager, I'm going to join Equinox. So that was my why for a really long time. Oh, oh. It was worth it. Kev, talk to me about early calls. What's your go-to strategy to get people talking to you before office hours, even though you're an office hours guy? I know that you are not a person that will not call somebody in the morning. Uh, 
I mean, so, all right. So here's my take on this. I think an ice cold, cold call before 8 a.m., which considered business hours, I would never advocate for. But you know what I would advocate for? Someone that you have a meeting with that morning or that day, you're trying to confirm it or the next day or someone that, you know, warm follow-up, right? One of these things, you know, has anyone in the chat where you have this cold call on a day and then you send the follow-up email and they actually get the notifications, they open it 12 times, then they reply back asking you a question about it. Hmm. I want to hit them with a little 745 dial. Like, hey, hey, look, I know you're busy. Here's the answer to your question. Let's talk a little bit about this. Let's take yeah. it now. Um, but ice cold, cold calling before that, I mean, I don't know, man. I, I, those who have kids, like I, I have a kid, like you, you chat you and my daughter around, it's double click on the side of the phone every time. I don't take oh. That's, that's fair. I think it gets that. Oh, it's two like very, very different outlets. It is. It is. Like, There's no like Sarah. Sarah, you know that we say that there are no silver bullets here. <laughs> no, especially if you're a New Yorker. It's true. It's true. Uh, okay, here we go. It's the lightning round. One more time. Q and A. This one comes from Elena. Uh, I'm going to leave this one to Sarah. What are some creative ways to follow up without just saying following up? So how do we say we're following up without saying we're following up? Yeah, good question. Um, I guess kind of like clarification question. Would this be following up after you've had a meeting or following up just because you're chasing them after a cold call? I guess probably a cold call, right? Um, I think probably we said we have an example here too. So give an example. I would say I really like what Kevin just mentioned. So following up, referencing that exact call that you've had and also, if you can pick out the smallest piece of information that you did speak about and reference that in that follow-up, it's going to, you know, have their brain switch on and be like, okay, I do vaguely remember this. They're not going to be like, oh yeah, I 100% remember this, but it's building the familiarity that you need to do with all those touch points. So even, I always say this, if you don't book a media on a cold call and you gain one piece of the tiniest information, it is still a win because you can literally utilize that in every single follow-up because you also don't want to change your messaging as well. Mm. You want to keep it consistent because you keep changing it. They're they're going to think it's from different companies, from different people. Keep it the same until you actually book that meeting, actually have that meeting with them. Your AE goes on it, whoever it is, keep it consistent because that's what's going to, you know, build the familiarity between that prospect and you. And the credibility too. That's a play there as well. Uh, I want to say, I see some stuff in the chat here. Checking in, uh, I will throw a couple phrases out that everyone should just remove from their vernacular everywhere they go. Checking in, following up, and touching base. If you say these things, it falls on deaf ears. Hop, what do we say instead of this? I just, I gotta, I gotta let you go off on this because I know you got a million. Oh yeah, oh yeah. So most of uh, most of us are ego driven individuals. Even if you're like, no, well, I'm I'm a pretty humble guy. I'm not ego driven. Uh, what I mean by ego driven is. The, the words that we use when we're talking to people in a selling context always comes from an I place of, hey, uh, check it in to see if you'd like a demo because that, that would help me hit my quota. And, and, and everyone knows it. Everyone hears it. Everyone feels it, right? So what I want to challenge everybody to think of and the, the, the shift that you need to make is, how can I make it about them? How can I make this following up relevant to them? Hey, I'm okay with using the word following up. I'm following up about your business and the problems we talked about and what's going on in your world and the things that you have in your world. Not 
just for me and my demo and my this and my that. Hey, follow up to see if you want a demo. No, right? So it just this is in the theme of make it about them, make it about their business. Don't make it about you and your stuff, right? There's a little bit of this like, I gotta say it, I gotta say, it, I wanna say it here. Guys, if all we need to do is call people and reach out to people and say, hey, do you want a demo? I'd love to schedule a demo with you. If that's all we need to do, ChatGPT will replace all of us. Man. Yeah. And development will be gone. Just use a robot to do that all day. Be intelligent. Have a conversation that's dynamic about their business. True story. Uh, I, you know, I think that we're also worried about what AI is going to do for our jobs. I hear this a lot. It's a lot of doom and gloom out there. Uh, don't don't be this way. On the cold calls, you can stand out. Cold calling is a great way to stand out because robotic cold calls are something that a lot of people tend to avoid. Now, there are some interesting AI pieces out there that are doing cool things with voice technology that are worth talking about, but that's another show. Right here, we're talking about human beings cold calling. Uh, all right, this one comes from Rebecca, and I think a lot of us get pushed to different departments. So Sarah, what's your advice on selling to HR? If you're selling recruiting and staffing and you get pushed to HR a lot. Yeah. So I actually do get pushed to HR a lot and I still want to speak to the CRO or the CEO or the VP of sales because at the end of the day, it's their team that it's going to be impacting. Um, however, I do get pushed to HR a lot. I think for me, I do the 360 sales role where I am, you know, finding my own leads, booking my own meetings, running the meetings you know, and closing deals. So I think for me, if I do get pushed down to HR, first I'll overcome that objection and say to the CRO that pushed me down and say, hey, you know, totally appreciate it and really, you know, appreciate the introduction to HR. However, this is why I actually want to speak with you and really build value, bring them back into the conversation. That's one thing that I usually do. However, I'll usually still get pushed down, but get on that meeting and HR a lot of those people are very bubbly, personable. They're not salespeople, right? So I think it's really kind of like what we said in the beginning of this, listening to their needs and also telling them, like, I'm trying to sell them people. And it kind of comes off sometimes like I'm trying to take their job as HR. Mm -hmm. I'm not trying to change anything that they're currently doing. I just want to bring in that added value and work alongside them so that they can bring on the absolute best people that are going to impact their business. So first and foremost, when dealing with HR, and you're and you're selling recruitment sympathize with them and also tell them that you're not here to take their job because you're not you know so i think that's you know the one thing that you need to make really clear in the beginning when you're pushed down to hr but putting your mind putting their mind at ease i'm not a threat yeah. is an important yeah. step in the in the cold calling scenario specifically you're getting pushed to this person they're not expecting you to be pushed to them sometimes you're being transferred to them right yeah. and i think that that can get very confusing uh, I'm going to say your name right because I think it's a great question and I can't resist saying this name. Massimiliano Mizadri asks, on average, how many prospects answer your calls? The majority of the prospects don't pick up the phone. Hop, you have the best data because you do this constantly. What's a good number to shoot for? What's a good thing to keep in mind? How many people actually answer calls? This is the last question. Uh, it, it depends on your data source, right? That everyone. Then, well, what data source should I use? Blah, blah, blah. Well, guess what? If you're using a database, which 99% of companies use a database, databases are like ah, 30, 40% inaccurate. And it's, yeah. not, it's not their fault. All right. I'm here to say it's not their fault. Data changes constantly. Everybody's getting laid off in tech right now. Everyone's shipped and everyone's getting new jobs. That all messes up data. So your data is going to be faulty. Now, 
by persona, it matters a lot different, right? Like if you're calling just CEOs at giant companies, yeah, they're going to pick up the phone a lot less. The, the one thing that should be said about this is try to find direct and mobile data. That is your golden jewel. Don't be, you know, wooed by the shiny object that some of these vendors say like, 12,000 or 20 million numbers. It's like, yeah, but how many of those are direct numbers? Because everybody on the planet has one of these in their pocket. That's what you want to rank. Yeah. I want to tell you that you are absolutely greenlit to dial cell phone numbers. For those of you that ask that question or some form of that question, cell phone numbers are often the best resource for reaching DMs. That's where they spend most of their time on the cell cellular device. Uh, all right. We want to thank everybody for coming out. Thank you very much for sharing your wisdom. You're all going to get a survey. Let us know how we did, what you want to see more of. We create this stuff for you. Connect with us on social at sellbetterxyz is where you're going to find us on YouTube, sellbetter.xyz for the website. And connect with me personally at say what sales. I've never met a stranger in my life, just a friend that I have not met yet. Sarah, Kevin, thank you for coming on. I appreciate you. Sarah, I assure you, you will hear from us to come back on the show. You have been an absolute joy. <laughs> Can't wait, guys. This is awesome. I really appreciate the invite. We're going to drop their LinkedIn's in the chat. For those of you that are still in the room, you can go and connect with Kevin and Sarah. These are great people to learn from. They do great content every day. We will see you next time for another Sell Better show to help you sell better. Have a great day, everybody. Bye, guys.